Hey MW, it's Melissa and Stephanie Kirkache, two sisters and the founders of Millennial Women and your host of Millennial Women Talk. We're so grateful you're sharing your time with us today. By tuning into this episode, you're investing in becoming the best version of you and we are thrilled to be on this journey together. When we asked you what kind of episodes you wanted us to cover, relationships was the number one request. But the topic can be very broad and hard to cover in just an hour. I mean, we're talking all things love and heartbreak here. This will take a moment. Relationship coach Asia Dawn helps women go from heartbreak to purpose. After nine years together, Asia and her then-husband got married. And two months into the marriage, Asia's new husband shared that he wanted a divorce. Asia left the U.S., traveled the world, moved to a new country, and is now living her purpose. And not to mention, ladies, she does have a new love in her life. There were so many insightful moments on this episode, but here's some of our favorites. If you really have this great relationship and you're solid with yourself, great. So you're whole and complete. And then when the right person comes and if it's time, then you have this other person who's also whole and complete. And then you have like this great relationship versus maybe feeling the need for someone else to complete you. So really just continue or start to cultivate that relationship with yourself because that is the most important relationship you'll ever have. It's the one that's always going to be with you. And when you have that relationship with yourself and you're so in love with yourself, that is when life is really going to start to flow. And you know, everything is happening for you. Okay, MW. The journey to getting closer to the best you starts right now. Asia, Dawn, we are beyond thrilled to have you on the show today. Thank you so much for taking the time. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here. (laughs) So for, for some of us who may not know about you, tell us a little bit about who you are. I am a relationship coach for single women. So I offer a holistic approach to really helping guide women through divorce, through heartbreak, um, and really through dating. And it's all about focusing on the relationship with yourself. So I really, my mission is to take women from heartbreak to purpose. Amazing. Amazing. I love so that. So you've been really open with your personal journey on social. And I think we both really appreciate that because when somebody opens up, right? It's like you, you're able to relate and it really resonates. Mm-hmm. So I really want you to share with us and our listeners a bit about your journey, your personal journey, how you got to where you are now helping so many women. Yes. My story is a huge part of my journey. So I was with someone for nine years before we got married and two and a half months into our marriage, he told me that we had made a mistake to get married. And so from that moment forward, my whole life changed radically. Um, I was in corporate marketing. I was living in San Diego. I just had a totally different life. I thought my life was going in a completely different direction. And so all of this came as a huge shock to me. And I spent about a year and a half really um, going through the divorce process, struggling, trying to figure out why this was happening to me. And really, that's when this like new journey began. So I started asking myself as I was going through this, you know, what makes me happy? Because I was so unhappy. I was so devastated. And I remembered that travel was something that had always lit me up. And I went on a girl's trip with a few <laughs> of my friends. We went to Nicaragua and I took a couple weeks off work. And I just started noticing these women that were solo traveling 
that were living abroad, living out of a backpack, teaching yoga, just living this totally different lifestyle. I was so set on this corporate mindset. And I asked them, like, how did you do it? And they said, oh, well, it's, you know, it's simple. You don't really need that much. And I was thinking, okay. So I just started, you know, getting my mind going. And as soon as the divorce was finalized, I quit my job and bought a one-way ticket to Quito, Ecuador. I don't know why Quito, Ecuador, but I (laughs) just wanted to go somewhere where I could be by myself and really focus on what lit me up. And so I actually backpacked for a year Wow! from Ecuador to Mexico by bus. And I'd never done that, anything like that before. I'd never traveled before, but I just remembered it was something that I always enjoyed was traveling. And during that process, I was really healing and going through my own journey. And I was tapping into spirituality and I was listening to The Universe Has Your Back by Gabby Bernstein and all these podcasts. And in Nicaragua, actually, I almost want to say ironically, but not ironically, I met a girl there and she asked me if I'd ever considered becoming a coach or a life coach. And I said, well, I don't really even know what that means. No. (laughs) And I didn't know what I wanted to do, but I kept wondering. And then I realized like I could turn my pain into my purpose by helping other women because I was creating this new life for myself. I was healing. I was having fun. And by the time I got back to the United States, that's when I decided, you know what? I don't have to go back to a job that wasn't fulfilling. I can create this entirely new life. I can work for myself and I can live from anywhere. And then I really just went through all these coaching certifications, moved to Mexico City, launched my coaching business. And I work with women now around the world. It's all virtual. That's so cool. That's so inspiring. And it's so brave of you, right? Because like, it just blows my mind together for nine years. And then you finally get married. And then it's just not a right fit. I mean, I can't even imagine the trauma that you went through with that and all the doubts and all the questions and everything that was in your mind. And, you know, we have a lot of women that have asked this question, you know, why did this happen to me? Like, why, why the divorce? Like, why does this, why is this happening to me? From your perspective, what do you think, or what was your mind going through during that time? Like, why do you think that divorce was the option? Yeah. So I recommend anyone who's going through divorce or any sort of breakup, heartbreak, immediately get some support because you can really just get caught in your mind, you know, like, why is this happening to me? I've given, you know, I gave everything to that relationship. And, you know, to go from this beautiful big wedding, the celebration, everyone in my family loved him. No one had any red flags. No one said, don't be with this person to all of a sudden just ending. Of course, I started questioning everything my entire life. And with the support of a therapist, I actually went to a somatic therapist, which really, she helps you get in touch with like your what you're feeling in your body mm-hmm. and like listening to your intuition and knowing what all of this means, which I'd never done before. I realized I was with someone, there was something that I needed to heal. And there, there was, I didn't realize I was in a codependent relationship. I didn't realize I was with a narcissist. There was so much I didn't even know. Wow. And none of it was brought to light until I started going to therapy and you know, thankfully it ended when it did. I mean, some people might say, oh, but you're all of your twenties, you know, where they lost. We had like, we had a really good time together. And that's what I encourage people to also think about. Like it wasn't a waste, you know, you learned a lot about yourself and you had a lot of fun with this person most likely. And 
it's not something you're just tossing aside. So it took me a long time. Let's, let's be honest. It doesn't, you're not just over it in like a month and you know, I'm just, you know, backpacking all happy. I was crying a lot. I was, um, anti-men, but I really feel like just having that support and having another perspective was super helpful to get like, pull me up off the ground literally when I just, you know, felt like my whole life was falling apart. Yeah. Yeah. I could imagine, and especially heartbreak, right? Because I actually, we spoke with a therapist not too long ago on the show, and she said that the symptoms that you feel when you're going through heartbreak is the same symptoms you would feel if somebody died. Right. And that really blew my mind. And, you know, I've definitely been through my fair share of heartbreak <laughs> and in, in multiple relationships. Um, and it really does hurt. And like sometimes I'm like, can ju- somebody just break my leg? Like that might <laughs> be better than a heartbreak, right? Like when you feel your heart breaking. What are some of the things, and going even back to your Instagram bio, you say this amazing line that you take women from heartbreak to purpose. Like how powerful is that? Talk to us a little bit about that. When, when a woman comes to you with this heartbreak, what? how do you start that healing process and then ultimately get them to their purpose? Yes. So having compassion for yourself is the first thing you can do because I think so many of us are so hard on ourselves and we might, you know, I was thinking, why didn't I know this was coming? What did I do wrong? And so the first step into healing is, is really just to have compassion for yourself. You were doing the best that you could at the time with what you knew and really focusing on that process of forgiveness is really going to help set you free. And it is a process, but I think that when we beat ourselves up and get into self-beat up and judgment and comparison, it's not helping at all. And that's kind of the nature, right? So really just take a step back and say, how can I be more loving and more compassionate with my thoughts? And really recognize that a lot of those aren't true. It's just, you know, the ego, right? Like attacking. Mm, And there's, you know, coming from a place of love instead, you know, if you have a spiritual practice coming from a place of love, which is the opposite of fear, it's kind of like this battle, but really learning how to reframe these thoughts that you're having, gently release them, and then really get into like a self-care practice, really focusing on, you know, meditation was huge for me. I didn't meditate at all until I started going through my divorce. And if you're already meditating, great, but it's taking that time for yourself because now it's really getting to know yourself all over again. Who are you now that you're single outside of this relationship, you know, not with this partner? Right. And also, do you feel like that helps as well with really right, like, I guess, getting your intuition to be heightened so that way in the future you kind of know what's happening in your future relationships or, or do you think that intuition plays a lot into this, into this, into what's going on with, with divorce and breakups? Yes, absolutely. Um, I ignored a lot of signs that I had. I had a lot of anxiety and I think sometimes we get confused or we think anxiety, you know, before a wedding is normal anxiety, you know, we talk about nerves. And so, but there's a difference from being like nervous or excited even, and then just having this knowing, this deep gut feeling. Um, So I like to walk my clients through, think about times in your life, maybe it's at your job, if you love your job, or something that you excel at, where you really trust yourself, like you trust your decision. And what does that feel like in your body? So you can start to really recognize, because we put so much off like up in our heads, I feel like, 
You know, someone might look really great on paper, right? I was with someone for a long time. So of course I thought the marriage would work out. You know, you might've invested so much into a relationship and then feel stunned. It's like learning how to trust yourself and trust that gut instinct. And yes, it's spending that alone time, that quiet time with yourself. Absolutely. You know, it's really interesting. And we've actually encountered several women as of recent that have had these two extremes of after divorce. The one extreme is that the man actually wants to get back with her and she's even considering kind of giving in and getting back with him. And the second extreme is, hey, do you think that the divorce, the man would say, do you think that the divorce was something, you know, that we should have done? And she's like, yeah, that is something we should have done. So with a woman that wants to, I don't want to say the word settle, but, you know, if she decides that, oh, you know, I guess settle back into the relationship, what would you say to her versus obviously that woman is saying, yeah, she's aware and realized with her instinct, like, yeah, I'm glad that we did get the divorce. What would you say to the girl that now the man is almost asking for her back? Know your worth and remember why you got divorced in the first place. Right. There's a lot that goes into this. And so, I mean, I don't know how long they've been separated or divorced, but there needs to be a time where you're focused on the relationship with yourself. Mm-hmm. There's a difference between feeling alone and lonely. Right. Like aloneness and loneliness, right? So if, you know, she's feeling lonely and just wants to go back because, you know, it's comforting and you can remember those good times, you know, what what were all the reasons that you left and have you spent time getting to know yourself on a deeper level and heal and really spend time alone because regardless of whether you're thinking about getting back with him or like with some getting in a new relationship, there really needs to be that time that you spend alone with yourself. Yeah. Period. That's so powerful. I think, you know, it's so interesting. Like, I, I think it's conditioning. I think it's society. And it's funny because Mel and I, we watched um, Fiddler on the Roof yesterday, which was all about a family and their daughters getting married, right? <laughs> it's like from childhood, we just think about relationships. And for whatever reason, we center our whole life around this, you know, whether we're in a relationship or we're in getting like thriving solo yet still getting ready right. for another relationship. It's like, all about a relationship. What do you think? Wh- why? Why do you think that women, especially, right? Because I, I, I feel like I've met guys that are bachelors at forty, but they're still like, oh well, whatever. And I do feel like there's a sense of sadness um, with women when they haven't found that, or mm-hmm. you know, they're still looking for it. Like, why do you think women we center ourselves so much of our life up around relationships? Mm. I do think you said it really society it's we've grown up feeling like that's the end all be all. And I feel like so many women now that are, you know, they're single at whatever age, but they feel like, okay, but I'm single now. It's just like a temporary thing um, because they're looking for that next step or that next person. But, you know, we can stop this comparison trap, right? I mean, because a lot of it is comparison on social media to our friends, to our families, and just seeing what other people are doing and wanting that. But if you really have this great relationship and you're solid with yourself, great. So you're whole and complete. And then when the right person comes and if it's time, then you have this other person who's also whole and complete. And then you have like this great relationship versus maybe feeling the need 
for someone else to complete you or to, you know, you're my other half. Like that's not really the best thing because really you should be whole and complete yourself. Right. So I think a lot of it is really just conditioning and like having these conversations and, you know, millennials aren't even getting married as early or as quickly as previous generations. So it's, there is a bit of a shift, I would say. There is. Oh, absolutely. And I think yeah. it's important, right? Because I, I solely, I believe in that so much where I believe that you become a team. I don't believe you become one person because you're two different people. Um, I'm curious to know your thoughts in in terms of, you know, if the part, both people come together in a relationship, they've done this work, there's always a little bit of an imbalance, right? There's always somebody that's maybe a little bit more on the growth journey than the other one, little ones more behind. What would you say in a relationship like that? So once you've already done the work, you've healed, you found somebody, what would you say now if, you know, obviously they're compatible, but there's a little bit of delay. How does one navigate that in a relationship? Mm, that's a great question. Well, if they're both open to growth, that's really the most important part because if one person, you know, one person can outgrow the other person. So it's just a matter of both being open to that growth and encouraging each other and celebrating each other along the way. And yeah, I mean, growing like side by side, that's great. But if someone is, you know, maybe on a more rapid path, I mean, you just get to trust and be open to see that it's where it's guiding you and that you're on the right path. You know, it's different than if you come into a relationship and one person's very much doing personal development, spiritual work, whatever it is, and the other person's close to it, or they think they're good. You know, I was with someone who thought they were good. Then, I mean, that's ultimately not going to work out. That's not healthy. That's not supportive. And eventually I think the other person will just say, okay, you know, if you're not going to grow or you don't want to, you know, grow alongside me, therefore grow this relationship, then, you know, it might be time to walk away. Yeah. Mm. I think, you know, I want to stay on this topic of relationships because, you know, we actually did something on our IG story. We, you know, this is honestly one of the most, I guess, requested episodes, relationships. <laughs> and, you know, we got some questions in that were kind of in the realm of there. I have I'm in a toxic relationship. We break up, but I always end up going back. Um, why is it that you feel that women do end up going back to relationships or stay in relationships that they feel they have outgrown. So why do you think women stay in these types of relationships and can't move on? It's scary to walk away. Yeah. It's hard to walk away. And it takes having some sort of faith mm. and that things are going to work out and that you deserve something better. And that you're worth something more. I think sometimes we are afraid that we aren't going to find something better because we don't believe that we deserve something better. And we really need to have that inner sense of knowing and belief. And again, trust in ourselves, right? Because if we don't trust ourselves, if we don't trust that we're going to find something better, then of course we're not, we're not going to leave or we might go back to something because you know, we're like, oh, great. You know, he wants me back. But right. it's really like we get to do the work of raising our like worth and knowing that we are worth more. And I think we can just be, you know, women can just be afraid to really take that leap of faith and that step, especially, you know, we talked about it earlier, seeing everyone else in relationship or if it feels like everyone else is there and you're not, you know, you might not want to be single and think, okay, I'm just going to stay here for now because it's safe. Yeah. Right. What are some of those things that women can do to work on your self-worth, mm -hmm. to raise That's your value? Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. That's an amazing question. Um, so definitely grab a journal if you don't have one already and get to understand the stories that you're telling yourself. And so much of this work is subconscious work. So maybe, you know, you could sit and do a little meditation beforehand, just really getting in touch with your intuition and then writing out everything that's on your mind, do a brain dump and start seeing these stories that you're telling yourself and then really work to reframe because what you believe is absolutely true, which is so great, but can also be so detrimental. Anything you believe is true. So if you believe that you're not good enough for something, for someone, if you believe you don't deserve unconditional love, if you believe it's never going to get any, any better than it is right now, then you're right. Mm-hmm. Consequently, if you believe that you are worth so much more and you find yourself writing, you're like, actually, I want more, I deserve more than this, and you start focusing on that and just knowing that you're worthy, it's a choice. But I think a lot of us don't realize, you know, women might not realize that it is a choice. So really getting in touch, grab the journal, um, practice reframing any of these negative thoughts you have into something more positive that you still believe. It doesn't have to be, you know, complete opposite, but start really shifting and doing that mindset work. You know, pick up a book, hire a coach, get the support you need, surround yourself with people that are in these relationships that you really want to emulate instead of being stuck where you are. Yeah, no, that's fantastic advice, actually. And I think that that's helpful for all of us. Um, You know, once you have done this work and you feel confident, you have this value and everything's great, and still the man, the relationship, is it here? Is what do you believe that's that's is that God's timing? Is do you have to get on a dating app? Like, how does that journey work to find love again? Trust in the timing. And things are going to show up as we need them. So you might go on a date with someone, or you might go on several dates, several months, and there's a lesson coming up that you still get to learn or some sort of you know core wound that needs to be healed from childhood or from your past that you still haven't gotten yet. So things are going to continue to come up. And what's meant for you is never going to pass you by. Mm-hmm. So if you can really have that belief and that trust, again, it comes back to that faith and that inner sense of knowing because you can you can go out right now and like find someone. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you can force it. You can do whatever you want. Like there's plenty of men out there. You know, sometimes we're like, oh, there's no one out there. No, there's a lot of people out there. Right. But maybe it's not the right person for you. And you know, don't settle. You can have fun. Like set the intention. That's another thing. Dating doesn't have to look a certain way. You can set an intention. When I first started dating after my divorce, I was not looking for a relationship. I just wanted to learn how to go out with men again. And like have fun and hook up and just see what it felt like after like a decade with, you know, another person. Wow. Yeah. How about, you know, it's it's so interesting going off of what Mel is saying. You know, we hear this a lot like women are doing so much internal work, right? Yeah. And they're ultimately they feel ready. They feel ready like they did the hookup stage. But now they're like, I do feel ready. But it doesn't really work like that. It's not like, okay, I'm ready. You can come in now, right? Like you don't <laughs> you don't know when that man is going to show up, that relationship is going to show up. You know, but I do find it, and me on a personal note, I've struggled with this too. Like that, that in-between stage when you feel ready, but it's just not happening. And then you're starting to feel like, lonely, you know, a lot of women start feeling lonely because they do desire to be in a relationship, right? How do you navigate 
or how, how do you coach your women to navigate through this period? You know, when you do feel ready and you're continuing to do that self-work, but um, you still do desire to be in a relationship. Mm. So you get to date yourself. <laughs> Continue to date yourself. And it might sound like strange or uncomfortable, but in the meantime, and like while you're dating or even before you start dating, really get to date yourself to really get to know what you want on like a much deeper level and what you desire. And, you know, you don't have to wait for someone to take you to that restaurant you've been dying to go to. You don't have to wait for someone else to buy you flowers or take that trip. And I know people might be like, okay, no, but I still really want the guy. And yes, right. great. And he's going to come when the time is right. And you can continue to take steps, you know, continue to go on these dates at the same time, but like, don't forget to date yourself and to really understand who you are at your core and what you're looking for in this next relationship. Right. You know, there's other things you can do too. Like you can make a list of everything you want in a partner, right? Right. Really get specific and, you know, personal growth, maybe that should be on there like we talked about and then look at it and be like, okay, how many of these things am I? actually embodying. Yes. And if there's something that you're low on, you know, like maybe you don't have financial stability, but you want a financially stable partner, that's an area that you get to work on because we call in things, we call in people that are mirrors to us, right? So maybe you're not at the point where you're calling in your perfect match yet. So you've got some work that you still get to do that you've uncovered you didn't even realize was there. So interesting. I feel like you're talking a little bit the way that you're talking sounds a little bit like manifestation. Do you practice anything similar to manifestation or what are your personal practices? I would love to know. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> so it's really getting clear and specific about what you want. So that was one example I gave. And another one could be writing a letter to yourself. It's one I love. Um, so even right now, it could be perfect timing. Like you could open it, you know, in January 2020 and you write it to yourself from January 1st as if everything has already happened. So the last two months of the year, right? You write down, you know, dear Asia, the rest of 2019 was crazy. You will never believe what happened. I ended up with, you know, the love of my life and you're writing it as if it's already happened. Oh, wow. And so this is really getting you in the feeling of what it feels like. That's a huge part of the manifestation, Right. It's like, what does it feel like in your body? What does it feel like to be with your partner? And write this letter to yourself and then like open it. And you can do this even one year out. I like to do it um, at the beginning of the year, setting goals for the following year. Interesting. Oh my gosh. I'm gonna take I'm gonna take up on that on that offer. I think that that's so interesting. And it kind of goes back to what you were saying about dating yourself, loving yourself, and it really you know, understanding who you are, because if you don't understand who you are, then you cannot be that for your partner, for your future children, for your family. You just, you have to be complete yourself. Um, I want to know a little bit about your personal practice to now that Steph opened up that little <laughs> gate. Um, what are your practices on a day-to-day? -day? How are you personally dating if you're like open to share? Like how have you navigated that from your personal perspective, knowing, you know, kind of that you yourself had now come from heartbreak to purpose? So in the morning, you know, my morning routine is really just to, I always like to audio record what I'm grateful for. This is one of the first things I do and I send it to my friends. Oh, and I actually got this practice from Gala Darling. She 
has a morning ritual and I picked up part of it because it gets you in that feeling good state. And you can even talk about the future as if it's already happened, right? So like, again, so happy to have met the person, you know, so happy to have this many clients, whatever it is, taking that trip and like sending it back and forth with my friends. I love that. That always starts my day off in a really great like vibe and, you know, meditation, journaling, those are always part of my, my practice. And then as far as dating goes, you know, I've actually had an interesting take on this. I wrote an article for HuffPost that says, you know, I'm a millennial and I've never used a dating app. This is what I've learned. And when I was very single, I wasn't using dating apps. And I just like decided, I just made the choice. Because I am someone who's very addicted to social media. Mm-hmm. And so I'm not saying there's a right way or a wrong way. I just knew that I would be addicted to swiping and maybe it would make me feel a little insecure or bad at myself, like always wanting to go check it, you know? Right. right. And so for me, dating has been a process of really setting that intention and being clear on what I'm looking for. And I just said, you know, I want to meet people naturally. I want to meet people when I'm out and about. And so... I would go on dates with guys um, and I would even oftentimes approach them. So I love music. I love food, all the things. And, you know, one specific example, I was out for my birthday one year and I thought the lead singer of the band was really hot. So I was like, (laughs) okay, I'm definitely going for him. And when he was finished, I went up and I was like, hi, I'm Asia, you know, like here's my number. And I gave him my number. Wow. And then I never heard from him. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Two months later, same band, I went up to him again. I was like, hi, you never reached out to me. Let me get your number. <laughs> I asked him out on a date and we dated for several months. It's just really funny because oh, so funny. he, you know, you just sometimes assume, right? When you're dating, like, oh, he must not have liked me. Right. right. And maybe that's what it was. But he actually said, no, I didn't think you were serious. I didn't think you wanted anything to do with me. You know, you'd had some drinks. You're beautiful. You're older than me. I just didn't think like there was anything there. And I was like, no, I was serious. Um, so, you know, you don't have to use dating apps. And then the, the guy I'm seeing now, I actually met him through a friend and I, I just said, do you have any single friends? You know, I'm always, now that I live in Mexico city, like meeting new people, getting in new circles. And so you can just really set the intention to meet someone when you're out, but you have to leave the house. You know, you can't just like sit at home and hope and wait for something to happen. You get to be responsible for your dating life. Mm. Right. And I love that you actually go out of your way to ask that because Steph and I were literally talking talking about about this. this. We were like, why is it? I mean, granted, it's not the case obviously for everybody, but it's like, why do we have to wait for the guy to pick us? Everything is like the engagement, the proposal, it's him. Like, you know, everything is the guy. Exactly. It's like, why can't we just pick them? (laughs) Like. Why are we waiting to be picked? Like, we're already right. picked. <laughs> you know? I love that you do that. Is that something you encourage your, your, you know, your clients to do? Yes, 100%. It's That's so ballsy, don't, though. You don't need to sit back. Like, and it doesn't feel comfortable, but give it a try. You know what I mean? And, yeah. and see how it goes. <laughs> what do you have to lose? For sure. Exactly. I have nothing to, well, now we know what guys feel like too, you know, (laughs) whenever they ask us, we're like, no, why is this guy asking for my number? Like, no. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. I love it. I want you to talk to us a little bit about these retreats because they seem so interesting and I I just want to know more about it. Yes. 
So the last one I co-hosted with a woman and we took women that were actively going through divorce in the mountains outside of Los Angeles for healing through adventure. So we came together, we rappelled down six waterfalls, we hiked through nature, we brought in a breathwork instructor. Yes, the waterfall part, let me tell you, I don't think everyone really, including myself, we didn't really know what we were getting ourselves into. No, rappelling (laughs) is really hard. Um, You don't really need to have much like physical fitness. You know, you have a team there that's helping you, right? And so they hook you up and you're just, you just have to trust, trust. So there's a lot to be learned on these retreats because you're getting outside your comfort zone. You're with other women who are in a similar state to you. So there's really, it's just this moment to accelerate your healing. You know, I also offer, you know, one day, I call them like VIP day events where again, women come together and um, there's just in-person coaching and you have that community because community is so important Yeah. no matter where you're at. And I just love the idea of bringing women together, whether they're single, going through divorce, heartbreak, whatever it is, learning, sharing from one another, and then having that face-to-face coaching and that support. And then, yeah, like some adventure along the way, because, you know, I told you I bought a one-way ticket and <laughs> have all these crazy stories from my trips through Latin America to share. So for me, healing through adventure has been really, really like a fun way to do it. Really powerful. That's amazing. I I really love that too. Even just getting back in touch with nature is so powerful. You know, Mm -hmm. sometimes we get so, I don't know, into like society and all the like the movements that we make every day become so mechanical. And I think that when we're talking about our relationship with ourselves, getting to know ourselves, like you 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 have to involve nature some way shape or form you have to get so grounded. i love yes i love that you do this you know even if it's repelling off of waterfalls <laughs> i mean i think it's great <laughs> That's amazing. You know, Asia, I'm so curious, too, about your relationships outside, like your parents, sister, friends, everyone. When you were traveling, especially moving away, and now you're you're moved somewhere completely different. You love the United States. You know, how was that for you? Was that something that people supported you on? Were you alone on this journey? Tell me a little bit about that. It was mixed. Okay. My family is very supportive. I think my mom was quite scared, especially when I was traveling. And then when I said I wanted to move to Mexico after I just come home, she was like, you know, Mexico's not very safe. And, you know, a lot of it, like we all have our own perceptions, especially if we haven't been somewhere. And I understand that the people that were not supportive was actually, you know, people that their opinions, it looks, it turns out don't matter. Meaning it was, you know, the colleague who was like probably jealous because I was, going to do something that they felt like they couldn't do. So if you ever feel judgment, like I felt judgment definitely from quite a few of my coworkers when I told them, you know, I was quitting my job to go travel. There was a lot of, well, what are you going to do when you get back? Like that's not financially stable and safe as a woman. What, what are you thinking? And so I really, I used to get really triggered and like mad and just like argue and fight back. Like I'm an independent woman. I can do what I want. I'm going to be fine. (laughs) Then I learned really, it's just, you know, it's, they're just, you know, putting their own insecurities and judgments out on me that really have nothing to do with me. Right. Um, And I was very fortunate to have a supportive, you know, family system. Like I have two younger sisters too, you know, and like, I still talk to everyone. I still feel very connected. Um, There were, you know, some scary moments when I was traveling solo and, um, I 
shared those after I got home because I didn't want to worry my parents. Yeah. yeah. Um, but really, for the most part, you know, I felt very safe. I feel very safe here. And I still am very connected to everyone in the United States. And that's just a choice I've made. It's like I have my home base in Mexico and then I still have my home in San Diego. That's amazing. It's so important because, um, and Steph and I talk about this all the time. It's like, if the people around you are not supporting you or they're judging you, then they're just not supposed to be in your life. And and you're right. Some most of the time, it's always colleagues and people who are not necessarily family. But even with family, sometimes they're just not supposed to be a part of the rest of your of your journey. Thank you so much for sharing that. That's amazing. Yes. So what is Asia's life today? Now, after everything that you've been through and now you're living this amazing life in Mexico City, what's your life today? Uh, well, I love my life. It's, <laughs> it's really fun. And it's just, it's just funny because uh, a couple of weeks ago, it would have been my, what would have been my five-year wedding anniversary. Wow. And that really just made me stop and think, like, I could be somewhere totally different. Yeah. And I'm just so happy in Mexico City. And I'm so happy, you know, having this business where I get to support other women and watch them grow and heal. And, you know, I am in a relationship right now and it's just crazy. And I'm really, I just give a lot of gratitude to it. Mm. Um, And I feel more independent. I've always felt very independent, but I feel more free now than I've ever felt before in that past relationship. So I think, now I'm able to look back on all of it and uncover the lessons and they still keep coming up. I just want to, you know, remind people that like, especially as you get into relationships, stuff's going to keep coming up and then you get to look at it and be like, okay, interesting, you know, and continue to do the work. And it's just, now it's just so much more of like part of my day-to-day life. Whereas before divorce, I didn't really have much of a mindfulness practice mm. or this look on life, you know? Yeah. Almost like going through the motions of life, right? Yeah. Doing what I thought I was supposed to do. I thought I was supposed to, you know, go to college, get a corporate job, get, you know, get married, do all the things that many of us think that's what needs to happen. Totally. Yeah. I think it's so amazing because you can hear the passion in your voice when you literally just said, I love my life. And I think you have this sort of passion because you created that for yourself. And I think like it's so powerful, but I know that, you know, just hearing your story now, you went through a lot of heartbreak, a lot of pain, but it's amazing that you got to this place. And I think, you know, we owe it all to us all, our individualities and, you know, to do that for ourselves, right? To create the lives that we love. Um, but you also said something very interesting that you said, and you continue learning lessons. Yeah. Um, what is something for you that you are looking forward to in your near future? I'm interested. <laughs> <laughs> what is something that I'm looking forward to in my near future? Yes. yes. What are you currently manifesting pretty yes. much? <laughs> <laughs> hmm. You know, like just to get really vulnerable, I'm just going to like say it. I don't yeah. know if I've even really talked much about this on Instagram. But this is what's coming up for me. So when I was with my ex, I didn't know if I wanted to have kids. Mm. I think that was my intuition, right? Kind of like right. protecting me. Right. And now, really in the past like year or so, I've really realized I do want to have a family one day. And so that is something that I'm excited about. And I 
do not know when that's going to happen. I don't have like attachment right to when it is, but that is something like down the road that I'm really excited for like the next phase of my life. I love that. And I actually, what, what powerful thing you just said too, where you didn't know if you wanted children, you know, with your ex and maybe that was a sign yeah. that you didn't really see before. That's amazing. Oh my gosh, I'm so excited for you. <laughs> Thanks. I'm sweating now. <laughs> You're like, maybe I should think of No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Asia, what do you think is the best advice that you can give millennial women that are going through a very tough time right now? Mm. Just don't forget who you are at your core. So really just continue or start to cultivate that relationship with yourself because that is the most important relationship you'll ever have. It's the one that's always going to be with you. And when you have that relationship with yourself and you're so in love with yourself, that is when life is really going to start to flow. Mm -hmm. And, you know, everything is happening for you. Even though it might not feel like it right now if you're hurting, just keep that in mind and, and keep like turning within and focusing on yourself. Amazing. That's beautifully said. I love it. I have one more question. So top three tips that you would give to a woman that can start practicing right now when it comes to building that relationship with herself. Okay. First tip, grab the journal. So start with the journaling, please. <laughs> uh, next tip I would say is really going out and dating yourself. So that can look a million different ways. Um, but definitely don't just, you know, keep Again, we're, we're taking it internal. Right. Um, and then the third tip I would say is to mm, – I have so many. <laughs> definitely – Well, give us more definitely tips. Definitely, please, like, meditate. Okay. This, you know, or prayer, whatever it is for you, because that is when all these messages are going to come through, and you can really drop a lot of that, I think – when we compare, right, or we focus on the external, like you really to bring it within. So you get journaling, meditation, and then just taking yourself out and treating yourself exactly how you want to be treated. Um, because the way you treat yourself is how you're teaching the world to treat you. Ooh, that's a good one. That is so that's good. That's so good. Oh, Asia, Asia, thank you so much. You were incredible. Thank you so much for being with us here today. You really helped not just us, but our community today with so much value. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for tuning into today's episode. If you want to learn more about Asia Dawn, follow her on Instagram at asiadawn underscore. Subscribe and leave us a review on iTunes and Spotify. Ladies, this helps us continue to bring you powerful conversations just like this to you every single week. If you're looking for free and discounted resources, then sign up right now to our free newsletter at wearemillennialwomen.com because subscribers only get freebies and perks to help you become the best version of yourself. We encourage you to continue on with the conversation. Keep being the strong, amazing woman that you are and never forget to live inspired. Until next time, MW. Always love Melissa and Stephanie Karkache.